Hello to everybody who wants to pick it up. up. It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hey everybody, it's Chris. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. Excited for you to hear this one. Also excited about a couple other things. Going to do some plugs in the intro because they really apply to this community. Uh, First things first, I want to say I have a new special out. It's called Half My Life. It's out there as of today. You can download it. You can find it. It's on Amazon. It's on Apple TV, uh, YouTube, Peacock, Tubi, a bunch of other things keep an eye on my social media and people sometimes ask me fans of the show will sometimes ask me they'll go you know i'm just a beautiful anonymous fan but what really what can i do to just support you watch this thing even if you're not a comedy fan just put it on while you vacuum or while you're doing your dishes let it play on your ipad in the background of your life the more people that watch this thing the higher percentage chance i have of surviving as an artist. And that's just true. That's just true. So I don't want to beg you. I really hope you enjoy it. And it also features footage from the Motor City Mayhem episode of Beautiful Anonymous. That was a live show in Detroit. There's footage of it in there. So that might be cool too. Speaking of live shows, I got them coming up. I can finally announce uh, ticket sales either are on sale today or or coming very soon. ChrisGeth.com. Check out my social. We are doing Beautiful Anonymous live tapings in Philadelphia, Jersey City, Woodstock, Rochester, New York, San Francisco, Sacramento, Phoenix, Denver, Omaha, Lakewood, Ohio, and Columbus, Ohio. Each of those is a night that will have a beautiful anonymous taping and a stand-up show later in the night. And then I'm doing stand-up only in Binghamton, in Worcester, Mass., in Lancaster, PA., in Austin, in Baltimore, in Minneapolis, Dayton, Ohio, Bloomington, Indiana, Gainesville, Florida. A lot of these tickets are technically not on sale until June 4th, but guess what, everybody? Because I love you as beautiful anonymous listeners. If you use the code CANON on many of these websites, you can get tickets ahead of time starting today. So go check it out. See if I'm in a city near you. See if there's room for a uh, an early pre-sale code. That code is CANON. And I would love to see beautiful anonymous listeners out at these shows. Today's episode, a lot of times you get callers who just call up and be like, I don't know, I got nothing. And that's fine. But, you know, you balance that against somebody who's like, oh, I wanted to maybe tell Chris about this or that. I put out a prompt. I said, here's the phone number. I only want to talk to people who have absolutely no plan. And that's what you're about to hear. And it's exactly what you're going to get. It is an hour of actual chit-chat that jumps from topic to topic with no rhyme or reason. And I loved it, and I hope you do too. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Oh, hey. Is this on? Is this Chris? Yeah, it's Chris. Oh my goodness, I thought I'd get a heads up. Hey, hey, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I should, just to be clear on what's going on, we had you sit on the line for a while because I put out a prompt. I said, let's just see what happens if I go, and just call in if you got no plan, no actual idea what you're talking about. And then usually the screening takes a while because and he talks to everybody and 
here's them out. But then this time I went to cook my lunch and it was like 30 seconds later, we were ready. So I've, I've unfortunately left you sitting here while I ate a, uh, a really gross microwaved lasagna. I apologize for that. It's all right. I, I happened to call when I was on the bathroom. It worked out. It worked out. <laughs> so we all, you were able to wrap up your, your bathroom experience. I yeah, was, I got my stuff done. You got your stuff done. So how's your day going? How's my day going? It's really good. I got to say, it's really good. I'm a, I feel lucky. Everybody's healthy. The weather's good. And then I don't know when we'll announce this. Definitely before this episode comes out. Just got word that they're going to archive Beautiful Anonymous in the Library of Congress. How about that? That's badass. That's oh, pretty sorry. cool, right? <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah, I, I usually... It really shows a lot of people's lives. It's really great. Thanks, man. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm usually a very... I usually beat myself up and I'm very self-doubting. So it feels like, uh, it like feels like this recognition that I, I made a thing that's like worth a damn. Feels good. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, this show really means a lot to people. This is not to, you know, get your head too big here, but it yeah. really is something special. Please let's, let's cut me down to size. Say something bad. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> or start. Uh, yeah, I just happened to work out awesome. I had my first day off in, six, almost seven months today, and uh, just happened to have the time. Wow. I'm glad to hear that, because I was going to ask you how you're doing, but then that just sounds like, oh, you got a break. And when you say first day off, you don't mean like seven days a week, do you? You have weekends? Yeah, seven days a week. I've had Christmas or whatever holidays off. I I work at the post office, and uh, I've been working every day since uh, November-ish is when it really started. At seven... They're working seven days, a week. seven days a week right now? Seven days a week. I, I get to work at uh, 7.30, some days 8 if I want to sleep in. I get home at 8.30 at night, sometimes 9. And is this is this a situation where this is the schedule they give you, or are you opting in for a lot of overtime? No, this is just the schedule they give me. You've been now, work- the overtime is nice. I won't lie. You've been working 12 to 13-hour days, seven days a week, for six months? Yeah. Well, I won't go too I Sundays, I tend to be done at six-ish, maybe seven. But that's still, that's still too much. Yeah. Yeah. And this is... I've been um, kind of just going crazy, you know? I, I, I can imagine. And and I know the post, the Postal Service, it's one, it's one of the most unique setups, right? It's like... Um, quasi-government agency? Like, it, there's the postmaster, yeah. which is the government post, but it's technically a private enterprise, right? Yeah, they try to fund themselves until, you know, some things are happening, but don't want to get too into that. Um, I don't really work for, I guess, yeah, technically it's not a, super, a real government entity, but it's on the same branch. I just have to say, I'm blown away, because we're, we're going to talk about any number of things during this call. I don't know what you don't know what, but I will just say (laughs) the idea that you can work for anybody that at that backbreaking pace, let alone an entity that does have government oversight, that's, there's something really broken about that. There's something really broken about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and what gets me the most is just, I, I do do my best here. And, some people are just so ungrateful. It makes me 
see them, you know, like, ugh, there are, I don't get me wrong, there are some really nice people. Some people leave me muffins in the mailbox. If you ever want to do something nice for a mailman, just leave a little treat, you know? A muffin. A muffin, yeah, it made my day. That was like four months in. I was ready to cry. I rolled my ankle, get out of the van. <laughs> Two boxes later, someone left a little muffin in there with a nice little note just saying, thank you for what you do. So made my day. You're actually a, uh, like a mailman, mail person. Yeah, yeah. I've get always, out there on the streets. I've always, I tell you, I've always fantasized. That's like one of my secret, I would love to do that job someday jobs, but then you describing the pace to me. No way. <laughs> no way. Well, I've got some good news here. I actually transferred from uh, an office that was just huge. It was, it spanned a whole like city. Um, I transferred from that office to a small office that my mom actually works at. Um, she's also a carrier. And, uh, I've already had a day off. I've only been there for a week and um, it looks like things are going to start slowing down for me in a, in a good way. That's good. That's good. Now, how long have you worked there? I've been there for what is, what, geez, what month is it? When you work like that, it just kind of yeah. becomes a haze, you know? We just started March. March. Yeah. We just started March. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a year um, and about a month now. So not that long. I'm wondering, do you get a sense? I know there was like all these accusations of chicanery last year surrounding like the election and people kind of handicapping the, the postal service. I, I know that you might not be able to speak to that too much. Do you, do you feel like things took a turn around that time or was that, was that is it just that the system is overtaxed and that, that was overblown the dialogue or what? Well, from my perspective, I don't have the time to rig an election I don't have the energy to do that. But also, there's uh, the new postmaster, like the, whatever the hell his name is. Um, DeJoy. The guy that Trump put in. Yeah, DeJoy. Oh, my God. I don't even start it on him. Here we go, though. Uh, he, <laughs> seriously, he seriously has flipped a switch on something. For the months that I was there, never had any issue with the mail maybe missed one day of not getting our mail in since he's been there. I swear it's like a, um, a one in 10 chance of us actually getting the mail. And then the mail usually comes in in order from house to house. And now I swear it's a 50, 50 chance that it's just random. I don't know. I don't know, man. He, he seriously is doing, he's gotta be doing something, but I'm not up there. So I guess I can't really say. Somebody needs to forward this episode to my uncle well, joe get, hey it's going to the archive yeah it'll you know, be in the library of congress there. uncle joe my uncle joey biden i need somebody to make sure you hear this because this man loves infrastructure he's known for it and what's a better representation of american infrastructure than our beautiful post office that stood the test of time and that at these cheap rates allows us all to stay connected to the people in our lives to be provided for by companies who rely upon you and we're going to let that fall apart no way man no way. I'm already trying to. And then uh, it makes me sad. It really makes me sad just seeing all the stop the cheat stuff. I, like we try our best. It, it really breaks my heart to know that these hours I'm putting in just to be called a liar and, and uh, a cheat or whatever. It, it kind of breaks me, you know, puts me over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thank you for what you do. And I'll tell you something else on a sentimental note. My kid has an infatuation with the mail truck that 
is like a true and pure love that I'm happy I get to witness. You ever get that That's little kid? That's my favorite. Little That's kids who run favorite. up and start waving and yelling, mailman, mail truck, mail person. We're teaching, mm -hmm. my wife's teaching yep, yep. male person, male person, mailman. There's, there's not, uh -huh. it's just, not just men, male person, male carrier. Mm -hmm. He runs out, runs to the window. If we're outside, he stops in awe and he starts waving. It's the best. That warms my heart. That does make my day too. That's good. That's good. That yeah. and dogs. I, I make my own dog treats to, to give to dogs when you they do. run up. You do now. Now is the is the adversarial relationship between dogs and mail carriers? Is this is there truth to this, or is this just a cliche? That's there is definitely a truth to it. I mean, you think about it. We're encroaching on their territory, right? So you got dogs you're freaked out by, and then you got some that get treats, or are you bribing the bad ones oh, with yeah. treats? Oh well, a little bit of both. Um, I gotta soften them up a little bit, you know, just to make sure they know I'm an all right guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then do you get to know some of them over time? Oh, yeah. Well, now that I'm moving to a new office, I'm going to have to relearn everything. But uh, I definitely had some dogs I'm going to miss on my route. It's cute, actually, getting to see them kind of grow up, you know, over months. Here's a weird question. And I know you've only yeah. been doing this for like a, a year and change. Do you start? Because now that I'm on the phone with you, I haven't thought about this before. But the mail carrier has this sort of daily brief glimpse into the lives of everyone on their on their route. Do you? Yeah. Is that true? Like, do you start to learn things about people or pick up on aspects yeah, you, of their lives? I mean, you definitely know who they vote for. Um, you definitely know who's paying their bills, who's paying their taxes, um, all that kind of dirty stuff that you don't really want to think about, I guess. But um, yeah, you definitely start to know what people's day to day life becomes when just by giving them what they get in the mail. Right, because it's like you might be dropping stuff off from collection agencies, and you're sitting there going, "Ah, I'm rooting. You're, a, yeah, you're, you're a nice guy. Get it together, buddy. You got this. You must be quietly thinking kind of that. Bad, you know? Yeah. And then you ever see you ever see like freaky stuff too? You ever dropping off packages? Oh, oh where my you're goodness, like, man, I don't know. I <laughs> the worst ones are like the um how far I'm getting this, but like you know the. In, call it in larger of a certain member. They have it like across the side of the box. It's like, you should probably be a little discreet about it. You've delivered it's multiple weird. penis pumps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been blown about it. Yeah, yeah. How often are you out here delivering penis pumps? <laughs> um, give me a second here. Just, now, they definitely stick out of my head when I see it in the morning. Um, I'd say probably about three of them so far. Three in a year and change. That's a uh, three. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's a high frequency. Is that a lot? Is that a little? I don't know. I, it's a higher frequency than I would have assumed. <laughs> I mean, these people must be pissed when they realize the packaging isn't discreet. They must be so pissed. Right? No, it's got to be right. You, you, I hope you get good tips. Now, wait. Is it true? If I remember right, you're you're not supposed to. Right? It's it's kind of. A, I think it's a legal thing. You're not supposed to tip your mail carrier cash, but you can give them gifts. Is that right? You can give them gift cards, and uh, since it's anonymous, some people live, leave like ten, fifteen dollar tips. I mean, a lot of times people think, or people think they're uh, again tested. It's it's a it's a threat. I don't know how how often it really happens. I tend to just kind of leave that go because it's never really worth uh, getting fired over fifteen bucks. Though it is right. a great gesture every time. Yeah, we left uh, this year our new house. 
it, you know, it's like in in New York City, you don't. I guess we did see our mail carrier frequently back then, but it's not as personal thing. But th- this year, we got this guy drives up to our house. He waves to Cal. We did the uh, we did a Starbucks gift card. You didn't. You sure, wouldn't like that. Appreciate it a lot. You said that no, in a no, way that makes I'm me feel like it was a bad guy. gift. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, this is a generic. Sure. But does it work? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually was waiting on the on the line. I was like writing down icebreakers, things to get me going, because I, I tend to get a little nervous sometimes. It's just started pretty easily. Yeah, you're flowing nicely. Do you mind if I ask you though? Sure. Do you have any uh, uh, favorite really bad movies or favorite really weird movies? Well, I have some guilty pleasure movies, which I don't know if they're regarded as bad, but I don't know that like people love them. Are you familiar with the uh, Gerard Butler franchise, Olympus Has Fallen? Yeah, Olympus yeah. Olympus Has Fallen franchise. It's a toss-thrown action movie, just blowing stuff up, right? I watched the first two, and I like legitimately was like sitting there like, I love these movies because they're, they're ridiculous, but they know exactly what they are. Like Olympus is full and I'm watching the first one. I'm like, this movie is well aware that it's, it's not diehard, but it's also, it's like, it knows it's trying to be diehard, push those diehard buttons, but it knows it's not diehard. Like Mm -hmm. this movie, the, the makers of this movie understand that this is like a solid B minus C plus action movie. And because I can sense that they understand this, it allows me to understand it on uh, to enjoy it rather on a, a a above C plus B minus level. Yeah, yeah. How about you? I don't think everything's got to be. I I do love me. Uh, in fact, I'd recommend this to you if you're looking for a good feel good documentary. It's um, the parking lot movie. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's just a documentary about a parking lot and the people that work there in this uh, college town in, I want to say it's Virginia, off the top of my head. Uh, it's my go-to date night movie for first mm-hmm. date. Works mm-hmm. out. Always get a second date, man. So, you know. I love it. I gotta check it out. I'm yeah. trying to think if there's any other... I'd recommend that. Any other guilty pleasure movies that I can really get down with. I tell you, I saw Coyote Ugly in the theater as a joke and then inexplicably watched it on cable at least three more times. Wow, three more times. I can't even think of that many. I've seen that many times. Hey, my mail truck just rolled by the front of my house. Hey, where's my... He's driving, he's dropping off from my neighbors now, and then he'll he'll do the loop, come down my side of the block any minute now. Look at that. That's nice. Look at that. Yeah, Um, yeah, what else are my guilty pleasure movies? I like me, uh, Good Evil Dead. I know a lot of people... Yeah, that see, that's not a guilty totally pleasure. Into it, but that's Evil a cult Dead, classic that whole trilogy. Yeah, cult classic, right? Army of Darkness. Actually, I got to meet him, uh, Bruce Campbell, at a drive-in. Very fun. Like a drive-in movie theater? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Were they showing his his movies, and then he was doing an appearance? Yeah, they were showing the whole trilogy at. Uh, oh, that's awesome! Uh, in Pennsylvania, actually, you did a show um, maybe an hour from there, I think, uh, recently, and I'm going to go see it. You did. That's awesome. Yeah, I did a few a few Pennsylvania dates during the outdoor show phase. I know I did Royersford. I did, what town was that That music club? Phantom Power. And yeah, did, that's the one I was at. Oh, you were. That was a fun show. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. 
I forget. loved all your uh, uh, openers. They were fantastic. Oh, yeah, I think Martin was there for that one, right? Yep. Yeah, Martin's a trip. Probably the best comedian going right now at being able to pull off truly inappropriate humor, but where you know he's a good-hearted guy with the best. He's on the side of right with it. I really love his act. Anyway, thanks, thanks for so coming much. to the show. Yeah. I loved it. Pure chit-chat. Yeah. Pure chit-chat today. Yeah, man. I mean, I could go on about... Um, I'm going to lay some things down, okay? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you just let me know if anything jumps out. Um, yeah, and I'm glad we're not talking about... Well, I just want to say, I'm yeah. glad we're not focusing solely on the post office when this is your first day off in half a year. Very glad. <laughs> yeah, give me a little mental break from it, a little let's space. Talk so about, if you have any questions, feel free and, to... I'll throw some out, but uh, let's focus on anything else for a while. Do you get a lot of paper sure, cuts? Last question. Comment. Last question. Do you get a lot of paper cuts? Sure, sure. Oh my God, my hands, if you saw them right now, <laughs> look like they've been through a blender. Okay. Okay. Chit chat. Back to chit chat. What's chit-chat. the topic you're going to throw chit-chat. out? Hmm, how about this? Uh, here's some things. Just trying to stay creative during quarantine. Um, I'm just not getting out there or just having a healthy, right <laughs> back to work, but a healthy work life balance and how you find it. Um, music. I don't know, man. I went into this for exactly what you wanted to, not a ton planned. That's okay. Wait, playing music yeah, or away. do you play music? Uh, just growing up and, and sort of inspiration and uh, some of your roots. I know you love Morrissey. I'm not there with you. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know. I like that. And what, what, uh, what instruments do you play? I try, I'm trying my best to learn guitar right now. Um, I've had it for a couple of months, but uh, just had no time to actually practice it. So I'm getting into that now. I'm going to have some free time, which is exciting. Now I'm shocked. As yeah. someone who has paper cuts to the point where, quote, your hands look like they've been through a blender. I'm shocked that you want to play guitar where you have, where these strings callous your hands further. Well, I figure they're already halfway there, right? Yeah. 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 I just, uh, I played cello growing up in school from like third grade through 10th grade. And I don't know if this is a midlife crisis or not, but I just popped off. I found a cheap cello. I just popped off and bought a cello at the age of 40. Oh. What do you think? Midlife crisis? I'm thinking it's definitely a sign of it. Let's pause there. I think he's right. Nobody's just randomly buying a cello at the age of 40 because they're not overthinking things. Anyway, we'll be right back. Thanks so much to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to this beautifully directionless phone call just popped off and bought a cello at the age of 40. What do you think? Midlife crisis? I'm thinking it's definitely a sign of it. Yeah, I did. Me too. <laughs> you me feel too. all right about that? <laughs> I've had, a, it, it, it's funny because I've had some definite midlife crisis stuff and some soul searching, but I think the pandemic also helps fuel that because I have so much, you know, I used to be someone who would like go on the road a couple weekends a month, like get the ego boost of doing a live show, feel that sense of purpose. And then you take it away. I have to actually sit around and think about who I am and how I feel about myself. And there's definitely been some aspects of midlife crisis for sure. I'm doing that at, at 23 right now. And I'm feeling kind of weird. Like, uh, goodness, I'm 23. And what do I have to show for it? I, I have all these aspirations of, being creative of, of running D and D games and, and, um, 
hell, writing scripts for movies or at some point making like my brain is just so scattered with things that I want to do. It's hard for me to snap down on something. Yeah. I mean, I say this with great affection and love and fondness for my youth. I, I think that that bubbling over sense of possibilities that paralyzes you and makes you not sure which one to follow through on. That's like one of the frustrating and beautiful things about being 23, you know? Mm-hmm. You sense that there's this whole life of, of stuff to do. And then you sit there and you go, well, then what do I go for? I get it. Yeah. I uh, got to tell you, my first day off was me going to bed while having a little difficult time just trying to think what I'm going to do with these hours that I have that I can do for myself. I'm not even used to it anymore. I'm flattered that you handed over one of those hours to me. Right. Yeah. So you, uh, the rest of the day, no idea. That must be a good feeling though. It, does it give you a good feeling of like, oh, it's open-ended and I actually get to just kind of float through a day or are you sitting here going, this is my one day off. Please, please, please. I don't this want to my one it. day off. I have, yeah. I gotta do something with it. Do you live in an area with warm weather? Oh uh, yeah. I am, uh, probably oh, only a couple hours from here. I'm up yeah. in, uh, near Philly. I'll say. It's really nice today. You got to get outside. Oh, it's beautiful. Get yeah, outside. I'm going to go for a hike after this, actually. I love that. Got my dog over here waiting. Oh, what kind of dog do you have? It is a yellow lab. Classic. She's very pretty. Classic. I, you know, it's been a running thing on this show where I talked about how I've never really been a dog person and never had any particular fondness for them and I've never wanted to own one. And people go nuts when I say that. And then last week... I was up here in the uh, spare bedroom that that I'm using as my office during these times. And this was before the snow started melting. And I saw one of my neighbors walking her dog and her dog leapt up onto a snowbank on my lawn and took a gnarly poop. I could tell from the window. And then my neighbor had to climb through a snowbank with a plastic bag and pick up this giant steamy poop. I said, why do people not see... Why do people not understand my view on this situation? I never want to do that. Yeah, no, I'm well, I gotta say, with the uh, cow growing up, I know kids love dogs, so uh, yeah. good luck. You're trying to stay away He's from an them. only child, so that does change the perspective. Now, since I get to loop it back around to work stuff, tell me if I'm right or wrong. Sure. Post office is like a union job, right? Yep. And a lot of those union jobs, people get them. They don't leave them. It's good to get a union job. You're 23. That's been fantastic for me so far. Yeah. Well, two questions. One, mm-hmm. wouldn't a strong union be able to step in and say, hey, these work hours you're giving our people are ridiculous. This this, this is pushing labor laws. And two- you No, know, you'd do, think so. Yeah. Why isn't the union on this? They're going to they're gonna start breaking you. They're going to start breaking you all. Uh, yeah, um, the, that's the problem is no one's staying around because you get hired, you don't get trained, and then you're just thrown out to the streets uh, every every day until the route gets done, and if you get done early, you go help someone else out. So there's no real incentive. I mean, no matter what, you're just working the same hours no matter how hard you do it. So it's it's just breaking people to the point where they leave, and then the people that stay are just getting uh, screwed over for staying, you know? I hate that. It's sad, sad. Yeah, can only do so much, I guess. It is, you know, it's there's all the political stuff about like 
people have all their views, but it, the one thing I don't understand is like, how can anyone disagree that within the past handful of years, we've really just can't, it's kind of just been beating the shit out of working people in this country. Mm-hmm. I don't get how that's like a divisive comment. I'm feeling it. You know, mm-hmm. you think you're going to stick with the gig long-term? You know, that's a good question. I, I don't see myself living in this area forever. The, I'm looking for a little bit more. Um, and with how the United States is being right now, I don't know if even this country is where I'm looking to be really long term. Uh, that's interesting. Where do you want to go? Uh, I, I really um, would love to visit some countries. I've never had the opportunity to do that yet um, before I really nailed down on where I want to move. But just from research I've done, New Zealand seems amazing. Sweden looks great. Because I'm just, I, I give you a piece of advice. Can I ask like where your family's roots are? Like where your family immigrated from? Yeah, uh, they are from Colombia. Colombia. I don't know the rules yep. there. Um, I know with not to do I. I'm only second generation, but um, I never had the chance to go. See now, here's the thing that you got to look into because I'm second generation with Ireland, and there's a thing called right of return where you're allowed to file and become an Irish citizen. So I have a European union Hmm. passport and I I believe Italy has similar things. I I feel like a bunch of countries do. If you can do that with Colombia, it's really, really worth it because um, even, even, you know, like I can go live and work anywhere in the EU, but even without that, you got to remember like there's certain countries where if you have an American passport because of visa relations, you're going to have to pay a lot to get in. But with Colombia, they might have like an open deal. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I'll look into that. I'd love to at least go visit. Yeah, that's awesome. You got to get it happening. I I was very resistant about um, like travel beyond America. It wasn't a thing my family did. I, I was I was very always very nervous and skittish about it. And then my my wife is into it. And then because of my work, I, I sometimes go and do shows in other countries. And your instincts are correct that it's. Traveling to other places is, uh, it, I feel like it's one of the most valuable things a person can do for themselves. I really do. Yeah, I, I finally got myself a passport. It was a little late. Quarantine started, but... Um, you can get a passport at the post office, can't you? Yep, yep. It's weird. You can't actually get one at the post office you work at. You have to go to a different post office. I don't know, oh, really? I don't know the of that, but yeah, I don't know what that's about. But I did get one, so... That's um, good. Just kind of waiting to use it now. That's good. That's cool. New Zealand, I've heard is great. Sweden, I've heard is great. I've been, I'm going to see if off the top of my head, I can tell you the countries I've been to. Ready? Sure, sure. And if you, if you're, if you have any that you go, oh, that's one I've always been interested in. We can talk more about it. Canada, Mexico, Italy, England, Scotland, Ireland. That whole region. Italy sounds great. Okay. Keep, let's keep that on the list of things to discuss. Yeah, let's keep it going. Uh, Brazil, Chile. Sri Lanka. Ooh, Chile sounds fun too. Yeah, Chile is awesome. Sri Lanka sounds awesome. Sri Lanka is the. I, all of these places are amazing, but Sri Lanka is yeah, yeah. Sri Lanka is the greatest place I've ever been. I have an affection and a love for Sri Lanka that knows no bounds. Okay, but which which of those places do you want some bullet points on? Yeah, I've never done any research in Sri Lanka really, other than hearing some things from you about it. But uh, yeah, tell me about that. It's a very small island. You. If you're a tourist, you don't need to rent a car because 
it's so small that people are very willing to drive you places. A lot of people there are just like down to drop whatever and help tourists because tourists bring money and it's cool. And like, um, when I, when we got there, the guy who drove us from the airport to our hotel in the capital city, we didn't want, we were living in New York at the time. So we didn't want to really check out the city when there was like other, all sorts of other stuff. Guys driving us, he goes, Oh, where's your next stop? And we go, we're going to this place called Gull down the coast. He goes, you got a ride? We're like, no. He's like, I can come pick you up again tomorrow. Just drive you down there. We were like, yeah. How much is it? And it was it was a couple hours drive. And you'll really understand this. The analogy I always make is distance-wise and time-wise, it would be like he gave us a ride to Philly from New York for like 30 bucks. And there's, okay. there's Yeah. And there's almost no American tourists. And a lot of the other countries that do frequent it, they're countries that don't have a tipping system. So they're like psyched on Americans because they're like, hey, that'll be X amount of money. And then we're like, cool. And here's 20% more from that. And they're just like, awesome. And we're like, yeah, no, you just, awesome. you're working hard. You only charged me like 25 yeah. bucks for this ride. Make it 30. Like, it's cool. So you don't need a car. They have these things, tuk-tuks that you can drive around cities in where it's like these little buggies that people drive around. The food is amazing. The sights are amazing. Everything's cheap. And most of all, just in my experience, just the kindest people, just the kindest, most welcoming people I've ever been around were in Sri Lanka. So if you could only go back to one of those places, which would it be? If I could only go back to one, it would be Sri Lanka. But I love Chile, even though we put ourselves in some really ill-advised danger there through a lack of research. We drove from the cities. We, a friend of mine got married in a place called Zapiar, and then we hung out in Valparaiso a little bit, Santiago a little bit. Those cities are incredible, like just cool, artsy cities. They have these old funicular elevators up hills, and then there's like all this street art. And then we went to this place called San Pedro de Atacama, which is up in the desert up north, and we decided to drive. We should have flown because it's just like a trucking route through a desert. It, it, it was not the smartest sure. thing for us to do that. But San Pedro de Atacama, actually, now that you mention it, that that is a place that felt like actual magic. It was in the middle of a desert in Chile, which I'm talking a desert. I'm talking you drive for hours and you don't pass any towns. And uh, all of a sudden, there's this oasis of a town that's just like artsy with all these amazing restaurants and things to do. And again, very kind people. Very kind people. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. I've got uh, my first vacation coming up from that whole uh, year stint of just working. Uh, going over to um, Nevada area, kind of drive and, and uh, just enjoy the hiking, enjoy the sights. I'm very excited about it. I've never been that far west. You're going to drive from PA to Nevada? First of all, driving cross country as an American, I almost feel like it should be required. I've been daydreaming about how to start some initiative and figure out, like you need to you need to travel this country ground level. You can't just fly over it. You need to meet people. You need to eat at local places. Like, yeah, yeah. See the see the, see uh, the states as it is. I mean, it, really opens your world up. It absolutely changes your opinion of of like how we actually function versus like the way the internet tells us we do. But I got to say for a guy- the stereotypes of it all, I guess, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, you, you, you cut through all the, like the basic level stuff and you're like, oh no, life is layered and people are people and that's cool. And mm. I will say though, 
for somebody who has spent seven days a week driving, I'm surprised, I'm surprised you want to do a road trip. I'm excited to see some uh, different stuff, you know? I'm, I'm so used to seeing the same couple blocks that uh, get a little stir-crazy. Yeah, I get that. Who are you going with? Uh, with my family. Um, nice. With my mom and my brothers. Very excited. Nice. I've um, I've done one trip before. Uh, it was not, I guess not cross-country, but it was pretty long. I went from here to Austin, Texas with a friend. Yeah, that's um, a good haul. For a convention. Yeah, oh my goodness. That... I have mild narcolepsy, so it made some of the driving maybe a little scary. Okay. But, um, okay. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, that doesn't. Again, you drive all the time. That's concerning, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm not one to judge. Yeah. What route? Did I just fall asleep very easily. Yeah, I got you. I mean, you are. Yeah. Is it narcolepsy or is it that a a heartless a, an organization that's operating with no sense of heart right now is driving you into the ground. I'm sure there's debate to be had there. Yeah, there's probably debate to it. Do you know what route you're taking when you go to Nevada? Uh, that's a good question. I do not know. I've driven cross country five times and I can I, I highly recommend I very I have many romantic I have a lot of romantic love of following old Route sixty six. That's my, that's the, you know, that's the go-to. I think that's probably got to be the one, right? I mean, so historic. Yeah, it's not the quickest route, but you get to see a lot of places that are like clearly used to be thriving and oftentimes it can be a little sad, but then you find places that are still hanging on and it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah, so I'm honestly more excited for it than anything is just the, the trip to get there. Yeah, that's the real, that's the real, right? It's the journey, not the destination. Although the destination sounds great too. Nevada is great. Yeah, it does. Excited for all the, the hiking to do. I gonna my mind's gonna be blown. I'm gonna see the Grand Canyons. I can't even imagine. Ah, I was gonna ask, yeah. The Grand Canyon, I gotta say, it exceeds expectation, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Cause you've seen it in movies and pictures and stuff, but when you're standing there, it's it's you it kind of is unfathomable what you're looking at. Highly worth it. And fun fact, there is a post office that rides mules down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon to deliver to um, reserves down there. To who? To uh, uh, Native American camps down there. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you, you're 23, you got your job a year and change ago. Am I assuming this was after a college graduation? Um, I did some moving around. I did call. I'm about halfway down okay. through college. Um, mm -hmm. Then I took a little break, just having one of those 20-something-year-old um, trying to find yourself things. Necessary. Um, Necessary. Lived up and down the country a little, or up and down the East Coast. Lived out my car for a little bit. Um, lived out of your car? You did like the, you did like the, like opted into it or were you having tough times? Tough time. Tough time. But, oh, I'm uh, sorry. That's, yeah, it is what it is. Um, and then moving back home and then I found myself at the post office. My mom was there and she just recommended it. And it's, it's worked out. I mean, honestly, for the most part. That's good. So you just said, cause college was really tough for me and I was really, I was really starting to slip. And there were a lot of times where, I, so you just kind of had one of those stretches and you said, I'm just going to take off, see what happens. And then rolled with a bunch of punches, huh? Yeah, I mean, things were working out really well for a while. Um, just kind of 
couch surfing up a little bit, working at random restaurants up and down like the Appalachians. And that time of my life, I look back very, I look back, it was only a year and a half, two years ago, two years ago at this point. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, it's all a blur. That's okay. I appreciate that. Uh, I did that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm glad to hear you say that when you're not even that far away from it, because it's a, it's a weird thing to say and it, it, easy for me because, you know, I, I, I have a life where I have a very strong support system. Not everybody does, but I do think some of those stretches when you're figuring it out, even in the midst of the, the stressful parts and the tough parts, you do look back and go, oh, like I was able to do that. And it was hard and I learned some tough lessons, but also not everybody takes a chance on doing that. And I think it speaks, in many ways, it speaks well to you that you took the chance. Although I'm very sorry to hear that there was some uh, some times where it felt like it was bottoming out. Yeah, and yeah, I think you said it perfectly. I do feel a lot more confident in my abilities to get through things that come in the future. And I, I would have to imagine, do you feel like, if you're someone who's like, I'm just going to find a job for a little while. It must mean that you get good at sort of talking to people, approaching people, because if you're doing that, that it means you have to walk in and kind of like sell yourself, prove yourself right out of the gate. Yeah, real quick. I, I mean, I, I like to think so. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But I landed most of the jobs. So You landed most of the jobs? Yeah, most of the jobs that I, I went for. I mean, it was kind of that or just move on to the next one. I keep on going up the up north really. I started south and just kinda of made my way up. How far did you go? You make it up to Maine? Uh no, ended uh what was that? Um I went a little west. It was a town closish to Erie, Pennsylvania. Um real small, but these jobs were nothing nothing crazy. It was just pick up cooking, do line cook, uh you know do the dishes, just try and honestly try to learn whatever I can. I uh, would like to do cooking long-term after the post office, whenever ah, I can done there. Nice. Is that the dream job? That's, I think it's the dream job. It is right now. We're going to go ahead and pause again. And it's sort of an arbitrary point to pause, but in the call that is this scattered, you just pick a place and you go, hey, here's some commercials. We'll be right back. Okay, that was it. The final break is over, everybody. Let's finish off the phone call. Would like to do cooking long-term after the post office, whenever ah, I've been there. Nice. Is that the dream job? That's, I think it's the dream job. It is right now. What kind of stuff? What's your What's your go-to dishes? What are you good at? Ooh, I love making Indian food. Um, I find myself trying to stick away from meat a little bit. Uh, Gobi Manchuri. God, just the best. Fried... Yeah. That's cauliflower, uh, cauliflower, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then alu gobi is kind of a compare, like a cousin of that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Gobi manchuri, yeah. I like that. Yeah, I love that. I love making any sort of uh, Italian dishes and any sort of uh, Colombian dishes that my grandma can teach me, and Dita can teach me. It's always a go-to for me just to feel like uh, back home, even when I'm not home. Yeah. I lived, I lived in Jackson Heights, which in New York is... Uh, um, strong Colombian community there. There's a lot of great Colombian restaurants. Although, uh, having gone vegetarian around the time I, I moved there, it did cut off, I think, some of the 
some of the Colombian right options. now what yeah. i think of uh, colombian food is mostly pork um or some sort of meat it's uh, it's hard to stick away from it there but the arepas oh my goodness don't even... there's a place uh there's this lady who ran a street cart i don't know that she was colombian she might have been from el salvador but she ran mm. a street cart where she sold arepas and some chef in New York was interviewed and they asked him like, what's the one place in New York you could eat if you only had one meal left? And everybody thought he was going to say like one of these like Michelin star places. He goes, I would go out to this cart, this lady under the seven train and it blew up so big. She has a restaurant now. And now that I don't live oh, there anymore. Yeah. Now that I don't live there anymore, I can reveal that that restaurant moved locations. It was at the end of my block at the actual end of my block. And it was dangerous because these arepas were so good. So good. <laughs> Uh, are you still a vegetarian? Um, yeah. That kinda... No, I'm actually, yeah, actually, even during the pandemic, I stopped eating fish because oh, okay. I used to eat fish when we would go out, but now we're not going out. And then I'm not going to cook sure. fish at home because my wife's been a vegetarian for like 20 years. So I'm not going to cook fish, make her smell fish in the house. So then I right. just realized I haven't yeah. eaten fish in so long. And it's funny because I gave, I stopped eating meat for health reasons because I've always had bad digestion. But then Mm. since I stopped eating it, I just sit here, I kind of go, it's, it's not even in a political way. I'm just kind of, it just feels weird to me now that something would have to die for me to eat when there's other stuff I could eat. That just feels weird. I I agree. I'm kind of getting to that point too. I, yeah, it just kind of turns me away from it now to think about the whole process. Yeah, I get it. Makes sense then that you focus on Indian food because there's so much amazing vegetarian. Yes, yeah. So if you want to be a vegetarian, I feel like Indian food is just the way to go. It's another part of why it was easy for me. Jackson Heights is home of Little India in New York, and the Indi- there's a place called Samudra I used to go to all the time. There's a place called mm. Angel that both of them are just like ridiculous. Paneer Makni, Mutter Paneer. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! Make me hungry. Yeah, I mean, if you put the word paneer in it, I'm probably gonna like it. Let alone all the uh, sure, I put it down. Yeah, all the dosas. They had all the dosas. The dosa masala. Ooh. If you're looking for another good vegetarian option, I think it's even vegan. Um, uh, pupusas from any sort of Spanish restaurant are fantastic. It's just kind of so. Uh, I usually just get bean, but um, it's kind of like uh, kind of almost like an idea of a repa, but uh, yeah, stuffed with different things. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I've so had, kind of have a cabbage slaw on the side. Yeah. Oh, I've had the pupusas. You're making me hungry. That like pickled slaw, hey. right? Hey, so that was, what time is it? Uh, it's two o'clock. It's not too late for lunch. I just ate that shitty microwave lasagna too. Yeah, what are you doing? Well, you only got so many meals, Chris. You gotta. You're right, but look, we're, we do these tapings and we do two calls some days, and I'm in between the two calls. I got like five minutes. But I should have made maybe like a little peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. Even that would be better than some microwave nonsense. Yeah. Pupusas. I always, the pupusas, it's like, uh, they are they are similar to arepas. arepas. I find a little less sweet and a little bit more uh, of like a crispiness to hold. The, more, more about holding the toppings, I find. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying this truly directionless phone call. I can't tell you. Hey, that's just the way most of my calls or any 
conversations I have tend to go to the office with you. I love it. So hey, I'm it, glad. I'm glad. Sounds to me if I'm connecting the dots, you went out, you went on this adventure, this sort of Jack Kerouac style on the road adventure. Things got a little tough. Red flags went up. Your mom says, Hey, I can get you a good job with good benefits. You got, just get home. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, the benefits ended up actually not coming because you don't get benefits until you become regular, which could take anywhere from five to 15 years. It all depends on when people retire. But it all what? depends, really. I'm not complaining that much. If you're a mail carrier, you might not get health insurance for 15 years? Yeah, I mean, that's on the long term, like, or that's on the long end. But uh, yeah, it all really depends on when people retire. Um, and how fast you move up the chain is just how fast people retire. So the union doesn't cover all the workers out of the gate? Nope. nope. I don't know why people can't. People got to find, Uncle Joe's got to find ways to release this pressure. We got to get this up the chain. We started off with this. and Well, look, you can only put entire swaths of people under this amount of pressure for so long. Before before it boils over, and you just hope when that happens, it happens in a productive way with as little kind of carnage as possible. Why are we doing this to people? Don't know, Chris. That is a good question. But uh, the mail's got to go, I guess. What are your favorite Morrissey songs? You mentioned that we're both fans. Well, I uh, I definitely connected a lot to um, the name is escaping me, but it's from Randall Smith's. Uh, kind of goes something like. Now that I found a job, heaven knows I'm miserable now. I think it's called I'm Miserable Now. Heaven knows I'm miserable now. I was happy oh, in the haze oh, of the drunken me. hour. Heaven knows I'm miserable now. I was looking for a job and then I found a job. And yeah. heaven, knows heaven knows miserable I'm now. Miserable now. In yes. my life, why do I give valuable time to people who don't care if I... Live or die. Oh, that, that was really well done, Chris. If you come on, if you grew up listening to the Smiths, you got to get your falsetto tight. You got to get your falsetto yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. That's a great. I, I can imagine for the pace they're working you at, that song must be striking a chord right now. So, yeah, I uh, definitely found myself coming home just to eat whatever I could and drink and then go to bed. It wasn't really a great lifestyle. But um, it got me through it. Had that to look forward to, and, and Dungeons and Dragons were the two things that yeah. uh, kept me going. You've mentioned this twice now. Talk to me, D- big D and D fan. I've I've played a handful of times, but uh, I, I never dove in too deep because there's too much math involved. Oh, not that much math. You add, can you add twenty and five? Yeah. 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 That's it. That's it. What is it that jumps out? Why do you, why do you love D and D so much? I, I look for some sort of way to to bleed out my creativity to say the weirdest way possible. But just I try to be creative in in my day to day, and it's the easiest way for me to find to like build these scenes without a budget, you know, to um, put it out there to a small group of my friends because I tend to be the DM. And uh, ah, yes. it just gives me a way to really speak and be heard, to really feel like I'm heard, you know? I think a lot of, it's funny, I, you talk to a lot of creative people, comedians, writers, um, a lot of them were secretly D&D nerds growing up. Not secretly, but like, you'd be surprised. Like, 
You know, one of the biggest vocal D&D nerds is Vin Diesel. Yeah, I heard. Loves D&D. Yeah, growing up, I never thought, I, I always told myself, I'm not going to be a nerd. Or I'll, I'll be a nerd, <laughs> but I'm not going to get into D&D or Magic the Gathering. Because that's just too nerdy for me. And here I am with my D&D books and my magic cards in front of me. It's a downhill spiral. I played magic for a bunch of years in high school. And uh, when I fell out of it, I traded my whole deck to a friend of mine for a Dead Kennedys t-shirt. Nice, nice. Yeah, oh, hey. Those cards can uh, turn to an investment nowadays. I know. I should have hung on to them. They were all like the first generation of cards that came out. I remember everybody was always trying to get Leviathan. Oh my, oh my God. I, I could have been hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. If I just had those sitting in a box somewhere right now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, you live, you learn. Yeah. I was actually supposed to go to a, a Dead Kennedys concert right as the quarantine began. It was like one of their last farewell shows. And I decided to not go because, you know, what was happening. But, and, uh, but, makes me sad. But Jello Biafra's not in the band anymore, right? He doesn't play with them? Yeah, no. So that's like half the thing. Um, so it's not even the real lineup, but it's still fun to see a semi-cover band. Yeah. We should, for anybody listening who's not in the punk scene, the Dead Kennedys are like one of the great, like I would almost say like political rabble rouser punk bands. And their front person forever was uh, this guy Jello Biafra who just knew how to like write a really smart lyric that was also kind of just like such a F you to the establishment. It was really good. Mm -hmm. California, Uber Alice, California, Uber Alice. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. I uh well, since we're talking about music now, again, you know, all over the place. Um, Dude, I love you. you. I band. love this. This feels hey. this conversation just feels like I'm taking a hot shower. I love it. What what was your question? Uh you can see any any punk band, who would it be? Like current or all time? Uh any anytime, anytime. Well, I tell you what. I had chances to see the Ramones in their final years, and I didn't go. Ooh. It didn't occur to me how much a piece of history they are. And now, now I'm well aware that they're one of the greatest bands of all time, and I kick myself yeah. that I didn't see them uh, when I could have. Kick myself, because that I don't know if they're the best band of all time, but they're up there, but I think they're definitely the most fun band of all time. That's the way I'm about um, The Clash. Especially, uh, yeah, early stuff, man. Love to see Love. them too. Yeah, before they started with all the world music stuff. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. If I could see them play Spanish bombs live, like, mm. be awesome. London calling. I love it. I love it. I also I think, think the Ramones. The Ramones have a song. I think the greatest opening line of any song ever is from Sheena is a punk rocker. It's a, the kids are all hopped up and ready to go. I don't know if there's like a, yeah. a thing that sums up rock and roll more than the phrase, the kids are all hopped up and ready to go. Well, I can't imagine going to a concert and hearing that, that should get me even more excited than whatever uh, I'm at right now. You know? I'd start spinning in circles, man. I'd start right. spinning in circles. Do you still go to show? You, it sounds like you do. I, see, I'm old, man. My knees hurt standing that long. I wish I could still go to more shows. I, well, I miss shows so much. Um, the best shows I was at, or the last shows I was at, was in North Carolina, um, small place, uh, Catch Cradle. Oh, I've been. I, I performed uh, there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it's, it there. it's like a great, it's like a point of pride that I performed there. Legendary place. 
Carborough, North Carolina? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Who'd you see? Yeah, they were having their 50 year anniversary and just having a whole bunch of bands playing one night. And uh, I wish I went to all the nights now, but looking back on it, I missed the night because I had to work. But, you know. Who'd you manage to catch? It was a bunch of small bands, to be honest with you. I don't remember most of the names, if any at all. Um, I, I know my favorite bands to watch live are, are definitely ska bands. I mean, you can't beat the energy. Really? I yeah. love I wish we'd been talking about this earlier because ska is making this comeback. Where for for people who are like high school, college age right now, ska has gotten cool again. Whereas it's been kind. When I was in high school, it was very cool, and then it became sort of a big joke. But now ska's cool again, right? There's I think that- it aged real bad. Like that early two thousands, whatever age 90s. of ska did not age well at all. <laughs> I'm like I can still listen to it. It's fun, but the stuff you think about just it was yeah. very goofy. It was Baby. very, very goofy. Yeah. That's cool. You're back into the ska. I know there's that kid who runs that thing, the Ska Tune Network, that's made ska big again, where he like puts out these videos about modern ska. No, I'm not saying I'm like the biggest ska fan in the world, but I do enjoy Streetlight Manifesto. Of course. Stuff like that. It's of just course. Yeah. fun. That's cool. I've seen Less Than Jake a whole bunch of times. Oh, date, nice. nice. Dating back to you. my teenage years. Yeah, that's a good show. They put on a good show. What was your first concert you went to? First concert I ever went to was seeing uh, three or four local bands in the basement of a church in my hometown. My friends put it on. Changed my life. Oh, man, I wish I could do more basement shows. I only did a handful, but I find myself at a weird point where it's like, I want to do photography for them, but I also want to just dance. So, I don't know. Got to figure that out. So you're a photographer, too? Yep, yep. That's what I really like doing, but... um, I don't know if I see myself doing that as anything more than a, a hobby. Cooking, photography, music, mail carrying. Uh, DM. Too. DM, DM, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I tell you what, because we only got like a minute and a half left, but I'm going to tell you something. Oh, geez. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. You got the gift of gab, and I bet a lot of people feel comfortable around you right away. And I bet when you figure out what it is, you're going to go in and you're gonna uh, you're gonna grab it by the horns, and you you're gonna you're gonna achieve some stuff within your chosen dream. I really think you are. Thanks, man. I uh, I really hope so, and uh, it means a lot to hear it from such a amazing creator like you. I'm past my prime, buddy. You gotta carry the torch. You gotta pick up the <laughs> torch and carry it, cause I'm I'm getting old. The hairline's right. the hairline's not bouncing back. I'm not getting less no, tired. <laughs> I'm not getting less stuck. No matter what product I use, it's not it's not bouncing back. So you gotta. I need I need uh, I need you to pick up the torch and carry it. All right, all right. See what I can do. That's... Yeah, see what I can do. Now, forty seconds left. The floor is yours. What are the yeah, closing yeah. What are the closing words of this call? Uh, go listen to some Bad Brains. Go listen to some Dead Kennedys. Uh, really just try to delve into punk music and feel what they're trying to feel and, and put out there. Well, I don't know if that's what I was trying to say. Uh, man, that's a lot of pressure. 40 seconds. 30 seconds are we at? 19 seconds. Go have fun. Go be creative with uh, D&D. <laughs> Go make some friends with Dungeons & Dragons. It is the best time you can have with other nerds. What a beautiful call. Thanks for chit-chatting with me. Hey, thank you very much, Chris. Hope you have a good one. You too. Caller, 
Thanks so much for calling in and telling me about everything and giving me a good hour of my day and an interesting hour of my day. And I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. And thank you to Anita Flores, to Jared O'Connell, to Shell Shag, ChrisGeth.com. I'm scheduling road shows. Check them out. Wherever you listen to the show, it has some version of a button. Subscribe, favorite, follow. When you hit those, it helps us greatly. So please do so. Thanks so much. And our whole back catalog is without ads at stitcherpremium.com slash stories. Go check that out too. Thanks so much. 